Welcome to Blake Street Banter on the farm, where one of us knows what the word banter means and the other one's just along for the ride. Tyler, say what's up. I'm happy to be back here doing episode two. Yes. Weekly episodes from here. Even if we can't meet on Friday, we are going to find a way to get it done for you because this is about you all. Listen to the prospects, get, get all the lowdown. But Tyler, Albuquerque got hit with a snowstorm. Doing yeah. Okay? Uh, we're we're surviving four inches of snow you know takes the whole city down so yeah fortunately none of the guys are are down here trying to you know get in shape whatever (laughs) (laughs) right hey let's go throw some snowballs at each other and take a batting practice with snowballs we can actually do that in albuquerque which is wild uh it's in michigan we have four inches and we had school we had work days today i saw dugan darnell's post on social and he goes he was a little upset about it because he's still on Michigan. <laughs> so i think these guys like the rest of us are over it and let's let's go get to that warm weather but they can't even get to it out in albuquerque that just kind of sucks uh, yeah like we get 100 100 degree days pretty re- like it's arizona in the summer and it's like alaska in the winter not really it's more like denver in the winter <laughs> but it's, you get the big contrast. <laughs> I wish I, w- I was in Arizona right now getting ready, you know, to like be at spring training or something like that. That'd be, that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> Fucking CBA, man. Um, all right, let's start with the bios. The bios, every time we're going to come in, give you some, introduce you to some new guys. Um, my guy introducing you to Gavin Hollowell, um, drafted in 2019 in the sixth round out of St. John's. Um, I think he's the first person I can think of that was drafted out of St. John's for baseball. Not really a baseball school, but he had a pretty decent season. Decent's a under low ball word term. Um, down in Fresno last year, 253 ERA in 42 pitches, um, 42 innings, struck out 63 with a whip of one, like did really good overall. Um, he did do two innings at the rookie complex and the AZL but just a guy that I think should be on our radar had four save opportunities and saved all four games um just just came out hot yes last year he's one that I know our boy Stephen Rice really enjoys talking about he's kind of the guy that they he likes to watch down there in Fresno um yeah so I think he'll He'll be in Hartford to start the season. Yeah. Uh, it's a big jump, but I just I think his stuff might play. And I think Rockies just might do silly things and push him up to Hartford. But, it, it would make sense, you know, with, with relievers, I think that their job is a little more simplified and you know, skipping a level is is more manageable than say for a starter. Um, and plus he, he was injured to start last season. So I think without that injury, he probably would have reached Spokane. Um, towards the end of last season would have been starting in Hartford, like without a doubt. So I think it's pretty reasonable to, you know, push these guys ahead. Um, if they've got the talent, you might as well make it happen. Yeah. Right. And I do have to correct myself. The numbers I just gave were his career stats. I was looking at the wrong line. So, I mean, over two seasons with the grand junction and the Rockies, like his stats show it, he can, he can, he can ball, let him go compete. Um, I mean, at six, seven, I think he'll be, <laughs> he'll catch your eye some way. And we are a, a bullpen friendly podcast. We obviously spend a lot of time with the minor league guys. And, you know, if you're a Rockies fan, I think you're 
too accustomed to the bullpen just being like a, a holy window, like a, just a bunch of holes in a window. I don't even know if a window can have holes in it, but like just it's bad. It's been a bad situation lately. So, um, right. Who's your guy? Um, so my guy is Jaden Hill. I think everyone is kind of familiar with him because he was a big time college prospect. I think coming into the 2021 year, he was being talked about as a, as a threat to go, you know, top of the draft along with Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker. Like that was the trio, the top of the draft that everyone was talking about. Um, but in April, you know, elbow issues had to get Tommy John surgery allowed his drop draft stock to slip down a bit. Um, you know, he didn't look amazing when he was pitching, but you, you kind of got a question. How was his arm doing? Uh, obviously not great. So the Rockies snag him in the second round. Didn't get to debut last season. We'll see him debut at some point this year. There's a lot of speculation to go into what's going to be Jaden Hill's situation. Um, I think his timeline, he'll be back pitching on like a mound, like hundred percent, you know, in that May range, like early mid May, he's probably about fully healthy, but Tommy John's a weird thing. Some guys it's like 10 months, some guys it's like 14. So we'll kind of see how things happen. I think it'd make a lot of sense for them to take their time with him. Wait till the ACL starts up, which I think is in like mid late June, mm -hmm. uh, send him there just to be with, you know, the, some of these other um, young guys, I guess the draft won't have happened quite yet, but I think his first game will probably be in the ACL late June. Maybe though he starts in Fresno because he does, you know, he's a college pitcher. He can definitely handle a tough assignment, but coming off TJ surgery, we'll see. And he's on the top of the list for a lot of the, the prospect guides and whatnot. So I just hope they don't mess it up. But like Noah Davis, he said his recovery coming back from TJ was like 15 months. He took a little while and he came back stronger than ever. So I hope they take their time with him. Like he is a long-term project. Like we're not going to see him in purple next year. So kind of just ease into it this year. Let him get his arm strength back would be smart. So hopefully the ACL thing is where the move is or Fresno. Something, something down there. Play it safe with Jaden. We need, yeah, we need him. Either way, patience. Patience is key. Lots of patience. Um, so, intro. So, next is our mini roster breakdown. So, this was a question presented to us by France Rockies last week. We said we'd touch on it. We still don't know what the rosters are, right? They are making their way down towards the end of the month, early March. Go practice for, go spring train for about a month, and then they'll be um, sent out to their their placements. So we have a few ideas of some players where they might head. Um, so we'll start with Fresno. I think for sure, Benny and Amador will be there. Uh, who are some other guys you think will be there for sure? I, you know, it's kind of tough to say for sure. I think some of the other guys from the ACL, like Juan Guerrero, who isn't a big name. I think he's starting to get a lot more attention. I think because he played so well in the ACL, he's kind of a lock to be a young guy in Fresno. I think we'll see former well, last year's draft pick, third round draft pick, McCade Brown. I think we'll see him in Fresno. Um, then there's a few wild cards. Joe Rock, who was the Rockies. I think they're competitive balance round a pick. I think you'll maybe we see him in Fresno. Maybe he gets, you know, the Chris McMahon treatment and heads to Spokane. Um, Hunter Goodman, same kind of deal. Maybe he goes to Spokane and skips Fresno. Either way, 
I think in France, Rockies had asked this, what are the strengths and weaknesses of these teams? And so just kind of projecting it, it looks like they're going to have a pretty strong and deep lineup with a lot of those, a few, you know, those draft picks from last year who looked good at the start, a couple guys who might not be getting the promotion to Spokane um, that were on that roster last year. And it's going to be a deep pitching group with most of the pitchers from last year's draft class. So they'll be pretty exciting again this year. Yeah. And there's something to say about our minor leagues being playoff teams, the Fresno and Spokane. So like that, that talent levels there. So, and then adding to it with these new guys, I think it will definitely be fun, strong lineups, deep pitching group. I think you're right on track with that. Um, I want to skip Spokane because the other question we had last week was Matt O'Neill. And we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper, but Hartford, I think for sure we see everybody's favorite Tobar, maybe. <laughs> he is the 40 man. So technically he can't play if the season starts. So yeah. I don't know what the deal is with that, which sucks. They're taking this away from us, but McMahon, Doyle, um, Kel Kenny, I think will be there for sure. Noah Davis, maybe. Um, what are some other names? And then, yeah, I mean, we talked about Gavin Hallwell just now that's, you know, Spokane Hartford is, is where he'll be one of the two. Um, it would make sense to see him in Hartford. Um, I don't know if you, I think you said Brenton Doyle, um, Doyle, Aaron Shunk is one of those question marks. And that kind of goes into Matt's question. He was asking about some repeat faces. Aaron Shunk is kind of that guy, um, you know, dealt with injuries, didn't really get his groove on last season. So he might repeat Spokane. If he does, I would imagine he bounces back in a, in a pretty big way. Um, and then Jack Blomgren is someone, you know, when we talked to Carl Kaufman, he had just a lot of great things to say about former Michigan teammate Jack Blomgren for being a gamer. Like, if you remember what Garrett Hampson was like in the minor leagues, just, you know, he got such a, a great reputation, really fast, really good hitter, good defender. Like, that's Jack Blomgren again. Um, so he's going to be an exciting guy in Hartford. Um, Blomgren, I think, was going to kind of make a name for himself. People are going to know more about him. Other fans will. Albuquerque. I see Albuquerque. Um, obviously, the fringe MLB MLB guys, Rawlson, Montero, uh, will probably be there. Um, Tolia. Um, you wrote McIver. I'm, I'm questioning that. Um, we can dive into that a little bit. Uh, what yeah. are some other What are some other names? Um, well, our guy from the last podcast, your your main guy to watch, Nick Bush. Maybe they take it slow with him and keep him in Hartford because Albuquerque is a you know pitching gauntlet. Um, but I would imagine Nick Bush and Jake Bird, who are two you know pretty solid pitchers, that I imagine will both be big leaguers at some point those guys are gonna kind of be you know the dudes on that pitching staff carrying a lot of weight and then coco montes who has just defied a lot of odds is i mean he was like a he was post round 10 i know that i want to say he was like round 15 or something round 15 pick maybe that's not quite accurate but just you know those guys aren't expected to do as well as coco montes has done and you know now he's going to be in albuquerque you know, with the chance to have his numbers kind of inflated, you know, that's what Albuquerque does. It makes hitters look like friggin' Barry Bonds, Willie Mays. Ted Williams. So um, Coco Montes might have a pretty big season and really thrust himself onto MLB radars. Yeah. He's, he's an interesting cat. Spoiler alert. He's a soon to come banter session. 
but I think he'll he'll definitely be the starting shortstop at Albuquerque and working his way up. Um, I think one other name on there, Frank Duncan, who was pr- pretty good last year and kind of figured it out. Uh, we talked a little bit last time, but I think he'll be up there too. He'll be, probably get a call up. I imagine we'll see him in purple for a relief ex- presence um, for 20th and Blake. But yeah, we'll go back. Forward, yeah, to diving more into that pitching staff, just, you know, we'll bring that up a little bit in future episodes because Albuquerque, like, you're not going to see a lot of guys jump from Hartford to the majors. I, we saw Feltner do it last year, but, uh, you know, that's rare. So we got to keep an eye on whatever pitchers are in Albuquerque because I think we could all really use to see some fresh faces on the mound uh, at 20th and Blake. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this, yeah, right. Um, MacGyver, though, I think. I think the Rockies are going to put him back down to Hartford. Yeah, and I could see that. I definitely could. Like, at the end of the year, he got the call up to Albuquerque because they had an extra two weeks of their season. And I think he just being able to get him those extra bats was the main reason. And I think he still needs to develop a little bit more in Hartford. He struggled once he he had a three-home run game, like his first game. But then after that, he kind of slowed down and – the talent kind of caught up to him. So I think they're going to put him back down to Hartford, give him a few more reps before they call him up to, to Albuquerque. That's my, yeah. my I, I could definitely see that happening because the Rockies still have another catcher named Brian Servin, who's been in the organization for a long time. He's probably going to be the starter. So maybe yeah, they, they choose to let MacGyver be, you know, starting three quarters of the games down in Hartford. Um, you know, get that polish on him real good. Don't, right. <laughs> no need to, yeah, push the guys along too fast. Yeah, right. Especially, especially our boy Willie. All right, so let's go to Spokane. So Matt O'Neill asked us last year, last week, uh, which players do you guys feel about will be slotted for high a Spokane? Um, looking forward to seeing this team again this year, possibly some repeat faces. Thanks. Let's just do a back and forth with the top 10 guys. Um, one guy, I without a doubt, I'm taking this from you. Is Zach Veen. Like, there's no way he's staying in Fresno. I don't, I think there's still going to be slow with them. The next logical spot for Zach to go prove himself is Spokane. Um, so I think he'll be the starting right fielder for sure yeah. out there. And he'll be joined by his soon, like, they're going to be longtime buddies. Lights out, Drew Romo. I think we got to kind of find a nickname for this guy that involves that, like, lights out at nine o'clock story that Thomas Harding dropped on Drew Romo where, you know, when they're on the road staying in hotels, like he's lights out at nine o'clock, he will call the front desk on you. If you are making noise next door, Um, Drew Romo. Yeah. He'll be in Spokane as well. He'll be bringing that drive, that focus uh, to the ballpark. Uh, I'm that duo is just super exciting. Like they have a ton of talent. They're the two Rockies. They are the two Rockies on the Keith Law top 100 prospect list. So, I mean, if you need a reason to go watch baseball in Spokane, like, that's it. That's all you need. Those are the guys um, that you just have to go see. Yeah. Um, my next guy, uh, number three on our list, friend of the pod, Sam Weatherly. Got injured in the middle of last season. Didn't really – I don't think he pitched at all after June or July. Um so, and he still needs to work on his control and all that. So I don't think he's ready for the Hartford jump. His stuff can play at Hartford, but he has some things that he still needs to work on. And 
if he was on the mound in Spokane and I was in driving distance, I'd be there for every single one of his starts. Just an electric lefty. Like his stuff is nasty. It's so much fun to watch him pitch. Yeah. So if you needed another reason to be excited about the Spokane roster, Weatherly is definitely a, a reason. You know, I think most baseball fans really just have a thing for those power lefties, especially, you know, the ones that are actually starters and have three pitches that they can throw. Um, you know, I love just seeing his, his motion. He's, he's got a lot of action going on there. Yeah. I imagine that that really is just difficult for hitters to acclimate to. Plus when, you know, they're getting a mid nineties fastball um, wipeout slider. It's kind of like, it's, it's just fun. It's fun. It's fun. Um, but the next guy we have on our list and he, you know, he's not a guarantee to be in Spokane, but given that the Rockies drafted him last year, pushed him into Fresno pretty much off the bat. Yeah. Robbie Martin came to Fresno and he played, um, this was, I think the second or third, third bat, including, um, Benny Montgomery that the Rockies took in the draft last season and in Fresno, you know, hit 274. I think he had a grand slam. I think that was his one home run was a, a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't didn't do like amazing, but for a guy that just got drafted to be thrown into full season ball already, it was like, dang, this is very respectable. You know, he can play a good outfield. He's got a little bit of speed. Um, again, maybe he starts in Fresno just for the Rockies to, you know, not push a guy, but considering they already pushed him last year, I think they'll push him again. Uh, and he'll be, you know, starting opposite of Zach Bean in left field for the or for the Spokane Indians. Yeah, I think he's also he might be a big sleeper pick from last year's draft. Just the, the talent is is definitely there. You know, I was kind of surprised to see him in the in the eighth round. Yeah. Like, I think coming into the season, he was a pretty high, you know, projected pick for a lot of people because his sophomore year. He hit 324, yeah. um, which obviously it was in it was in 2020, the short season. But like, you know, he showed a great hit tool in 2020. You know, wasn't quite as polished that you know coming back in 2021. But maybe we really see that that pedigree come back this season. Because um, yeah, he was kind of a projected you know third, fourth, fifth round guy coming into the season. So the Rockies got good value there. Yeah, hopefully we start going with some of these guys like Hill and Martin. Another guy. Um, Tony Losey uh, came in the Arenado trade, drafted third round by the Cardinals in 2019. Um, has the ability, has the stuff to do it. I hear he's just a grinder when it's his pitching day, just he's all in, zoned in. 334 ERA last year in 20, 25 games, 80 strikeouts across 64 innings. Whip was a little high at 1.5, um, but he he's part of that trade. He's part of that high drafts he has the stuff that has, has the ability so like you're not keeping him in fresno like he's he's too big of a guy too much pressure i guess on from our perspective to just sit down in fresno at age 23 so i think he's a guy that's gonna go go to spokane and start a few games up there yeah i think seeing that he made that mid-season transition from the bullpen to the rotation yeah he did a, a pretty awesome job like he I think earned a lot of respect in the organization for that. You know, we know he's got power stuff that can get anyone out. So I think they're going to look to test him. Um, so Spokane, maybe he's a, a late season Hartford kind of guy. 
Um, so that'll be, you know, the, him and, and Weatherly will be a nice one-two punch atop the Spokane rotation. Yeah, they're, they're going to compete those days for sure. And so next on the list, we mentioned him uh, along with in Hartford, but Ezekiel Tavar might, you know, rerun Spokane. He got the late season promotion there last season, kind of struggled a little bit. I mean, he wasn't doing horribly. I think he hit over 200, but it was kind of like his average was sitting right around that, you know, Mendoza line. Um, obviously his glove is ready. That's really what he gets the most praise for. So his glove is ready. I think the Rockies almost might want to have him as an emergency shortstop option um, up in the big leagues, just because of how good his glove is and the fact that he's on the 40 man. But given that a lot of really good players are, you know, the young guys can be a little volatile the Rockies might play it safe with Tovar, put him in Spokane. That would make that team pretty, pretty dang good. If you have, you know, the hitters we've already mentioned and then Tovar too, that could be fun. Um, and I'll, I'll include before, before turning, turning it back over to you, I'll include another question mark, which is warming Bernabel, who I don't think anyone knew who he was, you know, coming into last season, but got a, a promotion to Fresno as a 20 year old. Uh, actually, he might. I think he was 19 when he got promoted. He's now 20. So, like, young kid gets the promotion. He's gotten praise from, you know, some scouting outlets. Like, I think Baseball America has him pretty high. Fangraphs had him in their top 10 for the Rockies prospects. So, you know, keep warming Bernabel in mind, but he might start in Fresno again. Um, you know, kind of like Ezekiel Tovar, that late season promotion, you know, it's a tough thing to handle. And, he, you know, I think there's still some stuff for him to prove. Yeah, they in Spokane now, and they got a, a pretty awesome infield. Yeah, I keep hearing uh, Bernabel's name. I don't know much about him, um, but I think just hearing his name, his name is being brought up means he's doing something right. Um, yeah, I, he, he hits. We'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> he hits. Uh, another name you would be familiar with, Matt, is Eddie Diaz. He started in Spokane last year, made it the head of go back down to low A at the beginning of June or end of May. Um, yeah, beginning of June. Uh, he just wasn't hitting the way he was supposed to in Spokane beginning of the year. And then he went down to Fresno and just kind of refound his swing, ended up the season at 275 overall. Just an athletic shortstop. He's down in Fresno in the offseason. He's been hanging out at the Chukansi Park, working out all offseason. Um friend of the pod julian uh the ticket guy from the fresno was thrown in bp a few months ago <laughs> so that was That'd pretty cool awesome. but he's down there working um but yeah fresno hit 300 obp 371 so like even the demotion didn't ruin his season where he was able to figure it out so i think that mentality helps him he's he's obviously grinding so i think he'll be in spokane for sure to start yeah, the speed will be fun to watch, Matt. You know, he's, I think, maybe the fastest guy in the organization. So keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. If you, if you can catch him with your eye, he might be too fast to, you know, be seen with the naked eye. But <laughs> <laughs> keep an eye out. And then the last guy, you know, we were highlighting is Julio Carreras, who has had an up and down journey in the Rockies system. I think coming into last year, people had really high expectations for him. Um, but he definitely did not have the season we were expecting. Um, another one of these really young international signings who 
if they live up to their potential, could really set the Rockies up nicely with some of these infield prospects. Um, like him, Diaz that we just mentioned, Bernabel, you know, Tavar, like there's a lot of really quality infield talent that are, you know, rising through the minors. So Carreras, I think, is a lock. I don't think you could have him repeat Fresno, just given that I think he's 21 now. Like I, I just he's had a lot of experience in the minors. It's just it's time to progress him. He, he's got to take the challenge running, um, you know, not going to be able to baby step things at this point. So. Right. But he's got a lot of talent, so he'll be, you know, another guy in the fold that could really give them a, a thumper. Yeah, Spokane's going to be fun. Yeah, I think that, that I mean. There's talent everywhere. It's, I mean, it's Fresno the, 2.0. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. So if you watched, you know, Fresno last year, it's going to be like at least three quarters the same roster. Like most of those guys are just sticking together. Um so it'll be a winning team and just Veen and Romo are fun, but the other guys are really worth watching too. You know, we love Weatherly on uh, like here at, at BSB and he's, you know, he's awesome. So it'll be a fun group. I mean, and then the question is, we didn't even talk about him. I don't even know how we went a whole pod so far without talking about him. Where does uh, Dukes go? Yeah, no, actually that's true. I just, I didn't include him in the list. Cause I'm like, you know, he could start in Hartford. But maybe the Rockies are like, the sky is good. He's he's really good. We're going to put him in Albuquerque. I, you know, that might be a little unlikely. I think at the least, though, he's starting in Hartford, our, our guy. Um, I, I agree. I, he just showed so much last year. He has the ability, like, to send him, send him to Hartford and let him do his thing. But, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, so Matt, thank you for the question. Um, we'll uh, obviously break it down when we know for sure. I believe they are, I think I already said it, but going down in late February in a few months, hanging out for a month, and then going to be divvied out where they go. So when we get that official roster, we'll holler at you and let you know which other names that we we should be watching for, like these guys that should be making some noise. Um, yeah, so I think I think that's it. Let's just yeah. end, it, end it there. Let's talk about some of our guys. Um, so last week we ended our pod with guys to watch. Um, my guy was Nick Bush, just has the outline numbers to show that he can compete and do his thing. The ERA and whip, maybe not so much, but the other numbers show that he can do his thing. Your guy was Zach Kakaska, um, K-State product. Uh, spoiler alert, talked to him a few week, uh, days ago. Look for that banter session coming up. Yep. Um, Who's your pitcher to watch? So we're going to have one guy, one pitcher, one hitter that we're going to watch throughout the season, give you guys updates on. So I'm keeping the theme within the 2021 draft. I think, you know, that was the first draft I really tried to dive into, you know, head first. So I'm, I'm going to try and keep these guys real close to, to, you know, my attention. So this guy, 18th rounder, Bryce McGowan, everyone's like, wait, an 18th rounder? What are you, what are you on? Um, but here's the thing. He, he was projected to go much earlier in the draft, but th the draft's kind of a complex process. You got guys that kind of talk to teams and say, here are my signing demands. And some teams might say, we don't want to meet those. So it allowed McGowan to slip to the 18th round where the Rockies signed him, you know, the slot bonus and the 18th round is like a few thousand bucks. And Bryce McGowan got, I think, 300,000 which is, you know, the equivalent of like a seventh, sixth, seventh round pick, I think. So you're basically looking at, you know, an extra sixth pick that the Rockies got in the 18th round. 
just he's raw. The, the thing with McGowan is he's raw. You know, he has amazing stuff. He has four pitches that could be, you know, above average, but as of now just needs to keep working with his command. Um, you know, refine that. If not, I mean, the floor for him is a pretty solid reliever. Like how many guys have four pitches and don't at least turn into, you know, a decent pitcher. So we'll see what happens with McGowan this year. I think he'll, he'll be part of that Fresno staff. That's going to be really deep. Um, Maybe he's in the rotation. Maybe the Rockies just see him as a relief type, but yeah, I'll be keeping my eye firmly on Bryce McGowan and, and, you know, the pure talent that he possesses. It'll be interesting to see like which pitches he goes with because like having four in your arsenal and if you go relieving like you're usually narrowing that down yeah. to two or three out pitches that you can do if that and, is if that is the direction they go with them and yeah you gotta go you know step by step if you don't have you know two pitches mastered why would you you know incorporate four so I would imagine he tries to simplify things for himself well not necessarily for himself I think the organization will try and simplify things for him a little bit um, but. Yeah, it's just going to be a fun pitching group overall from last year's draft. So, you know, all those guys are worth keeping an eye on, but Bryce McGowan deserves an extra shout-out. My guy is Sean Bouchard. Just a dude that nobody really knows of. He just kind of quietly does his thing. Just a powerful, powerful man. <laughs> um, yeah. He's 6'3", 215, very quiet. Like, you can't find him on socials anywhere. Might be why m- most don't know him. But he had a 494 slugging last year at Hartford. He had a 496 slugging in Lancaster in 2019. OPS has been over 800, three out of his four professional seasons. Dude is just a powerful, powerful man. Uh, strikes out maybe a little bit too much, not walking enough. Um, 26% strikeout rate. Um, but, I mean, if you're mashing and doing that and driving in runs – I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're able to counteract it, right? Um, yeah. Huge argument there, however you want to look at it. But just not a full season, 91 games the last two seasons. Injuries hurt a little bit. But I think just if you extend that out, if you can get a full season out of him, you're looking at 25 homers, 80, 70, 80 RBIs from a guy, which wouldn't be bad, especially at the major league level. And hopefully that power translates to, you know, just getting a sense of the zone and, lessening the strikeouts but yeah he's gonna be my guy to watch gonna give him him some noise since he won't make it for himself yeah and I thought I definitely thought you were gonna say Coco Montes but you know the him and and Bouchard are kind of like two peas in a pod like they've defied some odds as slightly late round picks but they just both graduated if you want to use the term graduated from Hartford which is a real test for hitters it you know it's it's more of a pitcher's league at least typically it's been a pitcher's league so if you're able to, you know, post an 830 OPS in Hartford, chances are you're going to have a much better season in Albuquerque, which, as we mentioned earlier, makes some guys look like, I don't know if you all remember David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, and their um, little excursion through Albuquerque. I think both had an OPS around 1,200. So, you know, things can be done there. I think Sean Bouchard has that chance to just blow up next season. Um, so that's a good pick. Yeah, thank you. I like it. And I do love me a little Coco. Dude, man, his batting <laughs> gloves. Give me that all day. <laughs> love that. Yeah, the scrappy the scrappy athlete, um, you know, he's going to you know, do some things next year too. So, yeah. And he's really, really good looking, which you – know, <laughs> so. 
we could turn into the the John Boy talking baseball thing where they I think it's Trevor Plouffe there who does like a top 10 best looking baseball players and everyone in the comments is is fighting about it it's like <laughs> no one no one thought at the beginning of the day that they'd be arguing about you know Trevor Story being the most attractive baseball player there is but somehow you know those guys they start that <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that. That is episode two of BSB on the farm. Hope you enjoy it. Share it. Keep coming back. We are going to be posting some things. We have banter sessions for days. I think we're like six deep right now that we're about to release. Um, was a good surprise one coming up soon. Uh, but yeah, keep spreading the words. We are here for the prospects. We're here for the minor leagues. And that might be the only baseball we get this year. So keep Keep tuning in every Friday and go rocks minor league affiliates. Woo! Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at blakestreetbanter.com.